Today is October 13th, which means in 18 days it is. I don't know which one of you sinners yelled Halloween, but it was Reformation Day, sir. Just kidding. I actually want to talk about Halloween first. I don't remember when it was, but it was a couple years ago. I was trick-or-treating with my daughter, and I took her up to the door. The, she held her little treat out, right? Trick-or-treat. She got candy. I held my bag out, and the guy looked at me, and I was like, oh, my, my beard itched. I took it off. And he's like, well, pretty sure you can grow your own now. And I noticed that he put one little piece of candy in mine, but my daughter got like six. And it got me to thinking, perhaps he was right. Perhaps we should set up Halloween where when you come to get your trick-or-treat, there should be a judge's table. I'm thinking like, what's the show where there's judges? There we go. That's the one that I was thinking of. And you're sitting there and the kid comes up and they, you know, have their candy bag out. They say trick-or-treat and you get to look them up and down and say, sorry, Captain Marvel, you are wearing tennis shoes. I needed authentic boots, bite-sized Snickers. Next one comes up. Oh, very cute. Little pumpkin. You know, you're being killed. But dad's carrying the bag. Just one smarty. Demon who wants to steal milk. Too scary. You get an invitation card to St. John's. Now, I'd like to do that, but there's no way that it could ever work, right? Because I'm looking at some of you fellas out there, and you know good and well that if I told your daughter that she doesn't get the king-size snicker because her costume wasn't adequate, you would come right up to my door, you'd throw down your Darth Vader lightsaber, I'd only have my Wolverine little claws, and it would just not go well, and I would have to then give her the king-size snickers. And if I hadn't done any push-ups today, you know that that's how it would go. But if I didn't care about getting beat up by you... It might be because I would look into the child's eyes and who would want to see the kid with eyes that said, oh, I'm not good enough. My costume's not enough. I needed a little bit more. And I used to think that's what giving was about. I have to give, right? I have to do this because if I don't, then God won't bless me the way that I need to be blessed. I have to be generous and I have to serve because otherwise I won't be good enough and I have to do something really extravagant so that I can get God's attention and then he will see and then he will love me. I have to, I have to. And the word of God that engages us today is this scene with Jesus when he's in the temple courts and he's focusing around giving and we find Jesus hanging out with disciples and here's what it says. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. Now, I don't know if you know this, but there were 13 different boxes that you could put your offering in at the temple, and they were all for different things. This one for the sacrifice, this one for that. There was one for taxes and back taxes, and a couple years later, after you missed your back taxes again, the Gospel of Mark actually says something and leads us to believe that when the disciples saw the rich just dumping so many great gifts into the treasury, they were actually impressed. But then there was this poor widow who put in two very small copper coins, Now, incidentally, her contribution, that two copper coins, those two mites, was the legal minimum you could give. In fact, if you tried to put in less than two mites, it would be prohibited. Then Jesus says this, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. And so this is the part, right, where now the pastor is going to say, okay, great, so I have to give all of my money in order to get approval. Now I have to volunteer for every single mission trip and VBS. Just VBS. Don't worry about the other stuff. (laughs) Now I have to come to church every Sunday. 
Well, if you open up your bulletin again and you look at that verse, you're not going to find the word have to here. You're not going to find a, a section following with Jesus explaining with an expelled shed sheet. You see here, Peter, she didn't give a ton, but she did give in proportion here to her overall numbers. And scientifically, logically, this is now how you must give with the total wealth versus... No. When it comes to giving and when it comes to serving as disciples of, of Jesus Christ, the phrase have to needs to be done away with. Have to happens only in response to fear or maybe even anger, right? If I don't, then I won't get, and so I now have to. If I don't give and serve, he won't bless me. If I don't give, then I won't be approved and he won't really love me. I'm afraid to serve because what do I really have to offer? I'm not even that good at doing that. I'm not only doing this so that they will stop bothering me and get off my back. It's time we do away with that and we say we give and we share not because we have to, but because we must. Now, you may be thinking, bro, that's just semantics, and maybe so, but it doesn't make it any less true because must responds to belief, responds to desire, and responds to confidence. Belief in what Jesus has done for us, desire to respond to his invitation in a way of living, and confident that he will be with us and work through us. We must Give and serve. Because we believe that this is what Jesus did for us. We believe that Jesus did what we cannot. That Jesus gave what we ourselves could not get. The truth is that we cannot earn God's love. But in Christ Jesus, he generously gives it to us. That's what's so profound about that parable of the prodigal son of messing up so badly, and yet God the Father runs to us. Before we can even rehearse our speech, He is there restoring us and bringing to us and giving to us all that we need. We believe we can't earn forgiveness. Yet on the cross, it was earned by Jesus. And He generously and freely gives it to us and to all who believe in Him. We were dead in sin. Each of us has been lost, condemned, and yet Jesus comes for us. Jesus gives us a home, and Jesus gives us a name. And that's why we must give and serve. We must live that way, freely giving whatever it is that we have, not to earn something, but to respond to what has been given to us. I don't know if you caught it, but the widow gives out of her livelihood not from her extra. And that's the focus. That's the point. The widow gives from her livelihood because she believes that God is for her and will provide for her. And even though it's not much, I mean, if we're being honest and we think about it, you can't even get your long-distance phone calls for two mites. She believes and has this relationship of trust, and so she gives not from whatever is left over or what is convenient at the moment, but from her livelihood. That God can take whatever she has, however meager it might seem to the world, and God will do something with it. She gives because she must. She must. In this relationship of love and faith, because it's faith then that leads us to desire to give and share. For God so loved the world that he gave, right? It didn't say that God had to send his son. 
It says that he loved us and wanted us, and so he sent and gave out of love. And it's that love that changes our heart, that moves us from have to in relationship with the Lord to must. Knowing that God isn't disappointed or angry, and so now he has to send Jesus. But he sends Jesus because he wants us and desires us, wants each and every one of us. Very rarely does somebody just want to initially give or serve because out of the goodness. They usually do that out of responding to something. And we can't help but respond to this love that we've been given and desire to do what has been done to us for someone else. And here's the best part. How does it start? How does it start? How can I have my heart changed? How would I have a heart that is for others and a heart that is generous and doesn't sit around judging the kids who come up from my Halloween table or wondering, well, I don't know if they deserve what I have to give. Jesus gives with no strings attached and asks nothing in return. I think about my child. All my child had to do was to be born and I loved her. I'm not loving her now in the hopes that when I'm super old, she builds me a nice little retirement home. She came suddenly, and that's what I wanted to do. All of a sudden, she was there, and I wanted to love her and give her the very best life I can. She was and is a gift. A gift not that I have to love, but one that I must. I believe that, and I want that. And I understand she's not a teenager, so that probably will change. Just kidding. (laughs) It won't. I love you, Bridget, wherever you are out there. Want to and desire. Knowing what we believe. How does it happen? Prayer. Pray and ask the Lord to change my heart and to create a desire to love others. That's a dangerous prayer. Lord, take my heart and change it. And help me to desire to help and give and serve others. And I promise you, when you pray that prayer, opportunities to serve and to give and to love are going to come. And then we boldly step out and do it. And you might give for the first time. You might serve for the first time. You might experience what's that like. And maybe something changes in you right away. Maybe it doesn't. But belief and desire allow us to rise above whatever our feelings are in the moment. Because I want to love and help, now I must. I must. Remember, it's not about the amount. It's about where it comes from, right? That's not a cheesy cliche. It's a call and 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 a desire to serve and give out of your livelihood. What starts with praying to change your heart suddenly becomes a priority of who you're going to be in Jesus. Asking questions of where can I give and how can I serve. Actively choosing to respond to what God has done through us generously. And hear me when I say that your church and your community and your friends and your workplace need you. There is a reason you have been described as salt and light because you are needed. You are needed. Each of us have a unique way of bringing love that no one else can. And that is needed. I get to sit with a whole lot of different people 
And believe me when I tell you, I've heard a lot of stories about how some small, insignificant, too tiny copper coin thing had this profound impact on someone's life and led them to where they are. How for only $50 a month, shelter and food and medicine is provided for some child in Africa. How dropping off unexpectedly diapers and formula ensure that a new mom can provide for her child. How volunteering in the youth group as the leader who was there for a student during some troublesome time has led them to be there now, to be here in church and to be doing that again, to continuing the cycle. How sending a card to someone on their birthday lets them know that they weren't forgotten or alone. How a parent who sits and reads with their child at night makes them feel loved. How becoming a volunteer troop leader for your Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts or being a coach takes up your personal time, but it's not wasted time. How getting up early on a Saturday and painting a school or passing out food or giving blood has a lasting impact as you meet someone's basic needs of someone who can't do it for themselves and really shouldn't have to. How visiting and sitting with someone and praying with them makes a difference because they know that they are loved. We must give and share. We must be generous and bold and confident and full of faith. We must. God has done this for us, and we must do this for one another. Now, as the band saunters back up here to lead us in another song, and before your children get to come up and sing to you because they must, because they want to, because they believe that you're watching them, watching them praise God, Yeah, you're watching them smile and be cute and you get to do this, can't do this, right? You can't stand because then the guy behind you pulls you down and like I said, Wolverine in the claws. But you get to watch as your child does something profound at a young age, worships the Lord from their heart. Not worshiping in order to get something from God, but worshiping because they must. And we can be constantly amazed how God has invited us into that life, a life of partnering with him, of living and giving and sharing and loving and serving with him. So as we sing this song about Jesus Christ, who is our cornerstone, we take a moment to reflect, where can I give? Where can I share? Because I know and I believe what God has done for me in Jesus Christ. And I want that because I'm confident. I'm confident that God will use me to make a difference.